Welcome to the MFR Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how you can create your own MFR business, how to have one, and what to do to get started. Each week, we will discuss practical ways to create a business that keeps you from under-earning and burning out. I'm your host, Heather Hommel. Over 10 years ago, I decided to change my massage practice to MFR only. I became fully booked and have enjoyed years of success helping people to get out of pain and return to active lifestyles. I'm here to help you do it too, even if you live in a tiny town and even if you've never had a business before. Let's go. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the MFR Coaches Podcast. I am your host, Heather Hommel, the MFR Coach, and I help MFR therapists to create businesses that earn them money, get them fully booked, and working in the hours that they want to work so they can enjoy their life outside of client interactions. I also help people work to create the confidence they need to be able to sell MFR. And I just got finished coaching someone on financial debt and emotional debt. And so I kind of wanted to bring some of that coaching and teaching into this episode because I think it will be very helpful. This is not going to be organized, so (laughs) bear with me and follow along as best as you can. This is my style. So we were talking about how important it is to be willing to look at your debts, both your emotional debts and your financial debts, and the reason behind this, why it's important. So if I'm being super honest with you for years and years and years, I had no control over my finances and we lived paycheck to paycheck and any unexpected payment or bill that came up was always a huge stress. And we would spend, you know, outside of our means, we had a very nice lifestyle, one that we couldn't afford. And so we would afford it by putting it on a credit card. And then we built that up and built that up to it becoming like $10,000 that we would continually balance transfer, pay transfer fees for. We're basically like just renting this $10,000. We could never pay it down. It was always the same amount. Whatever we would pay off, we would then spend again and charge back up. This is a big cycle. And I had a lot of shame around this debt for years. I think we carried this with us for maybe 15 years of our marriage, and we're going to be married 20 years this month. So for 15 years, I felt shame for overspending, shame for living beyond my means. I don't know. I made it mean that I wasn't smart with money or good with money or financially responsible. And how could I run a business and carry this personal debt, right? The money that I was in charge of in my business life and that I'm still in charge of has never acquired debt. So I find that very interesting. Like I've always made enough money in within my business to pay for everything that I've ever done. And I've done some really expensive and fancy things like going to seminars multiple times per year, staying in really nice Airbnbs, really nice hotels, eating very good food, having fancy drinks, doing the entertainment type things with my friends. So it's not that I don't know how to make money work for me. See, like as a businesswoman, I could make that money work very hard and go very far and not create financial debt. I had a different... And I think I do have a different mindset for my business money. 
Now for my family money and for the longest time letting my husband be in control of it, and we have very wildly different ideas of how money should function for us. He grew up, you know, with a lawyer for a father in a much more stable household financially, I think, or like the perception of of financial stability where he just never worries about money. He still doesn't, even with debt or big financial commitments, it does not affect him the way it affects me. So I, I do think it has to do with how you're raised. In my household, and even still to this day, my parents have a very scarce mentality about money. Like everything is a shock. Like every bill that comes in is a shock. The things that cost money is a shock. And both my parents are very well educated, very smart, and have very stable jobs and make a lot of money, but they never seem to understand that they have money. Like it's, they just understand that they don't have it. So for me, looking on the outside of this, I feel like my husband grew up in a household where the picture is having money, whether that's true or not. I don't know. I don't know people's financial situations, right? But that is the picture that I picture him growing up in. And in my household, it was very opposite, lack, scarcity, instability, just scarceness, right? So then you have adult Heather growing up, she gets married. And I think, you know, well, my husband, because he grew up in this other household, probably has better financial ideas than I do. He'll be in charge of the money. So, you know, that worked out fine, right? And whoever you have in charge of your money, this isn't like a man should be in charge or a woman should be in charge. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is, is when you have two different opinions of money, one person like does not have any scarcity, but also does not have any real perception of like when you should stop the bleed or not. (laughs) And one person who always feels they're bleeding out, like you have to come to some sort of common ground. So when I let my husband be in charge of the finances and he's not worried and he's not watching, things could quickly get out of control. And that is basically what happened for us. It wasn't bad or good. It was just more out of control than I would want to be as far as like how much money is getting charged on a credit card. And I chose to just ignore it and not know. It turns out like ignoring it and not knowing doesn't actually change the reality for you though. You aren't actually living a stress-free life because in the back of your mind, you are worried actually about what's going on behind the scenes. What is that picture like? So one day, one of my friends was doing like a Dave Ramsey program and she went through it and she knew everything. So I was like, hey, can you help me do this too? And so we did some version of this. I've never taken a Dave Ramsey course in my life, but we did some sort of like cash envelope budgeting system, right? So I had an envelope for every everything I could spend money on in my household. And every week or every two weeks, I would go and get cash out of the bank and put it in all the envelopes. So when we did that, we started to have money for everything all of the time. It was amazing. We weren't making any more money, but all of a sudden we had a lot of money And we had a plan for everything and a plan for how we were going to use all of that money. And money started to feel fun for me. And it started to feel like I started to feel like a person with money, not just a person who pretended to have money. And that kind of changed my relationship with money, my self-esteem around money, and my ability to want to create more money and want to create the idea that anything was possible for me in my business and in my life. 
I was no longer just going to get by or just be paycheck to paycheck trying to tread water and, you know, keep my head above my finances, like so that I wouldn't drown in them. So I did this envelope method for a long time until I kind of got burnt out on it and it became kind of tiresome. And I let my husband take back over the bills. I think we had some sort of argument and I felt like he wasn't helping out enough. And I was just like, fine, you try it for a while. Right. And slowly, but surely we just got back into that same situation because we think about it differently. Right. And what he's comfortable with and his comfort level is totally different than mine. So we did that for a while, right? Like I thought I needed a break from it. Really, I just didn't want to have responsibility over our finances for a while. So I took back control of the finances and I handle everything now, which works out better for us because I have a great system now. I'm no longer doing a cash system, but I do follow our finances very carefully. And instead of like cash envelopes, now I just figure out everything we need for our household, regular bills. That comes out of one account. Then I have an account for all of our like cash spending. I have a budget for everything, gas, dining out, entertainment, groceries, kids' expenses, dog expenses, clothing expenses, like all of that stuff is calculated. And then I have a certain amount of cash that I put into this account every two weeks. That is what we can spend. We both have a debit card. There's no limits or no permission that needs to be granted by either one of us. It's just like, this is the pot of money. You know, here you go. (laughs) When you run out, you run out. And we also have an account for our luxury items. So like vacations and other things that are maybe luxuries. So when we have extra money in that cash account at the end of the two weeks, I just take that extra money and I put it into our vacation fund because I love vacations and I want to go on as many as possible. So I'm saving ahead and every vacation we've had in the recent past has been paid for ahead of time. And it just, it feels great. And it's not even making us suffer in any other place in our budgets. So that's fun. Okay. So that's kind of how I work my finances and how I have control over them. And in that process was able to pay off all of our credit card debt because I started to, instead of ignore it, to, to take care of it on purpose. Instead of to keep accruing and paying off and accruing, I made it on purpose. I also noticed this other habit that we had. We had a checking and a savings account connected. And whenever we had extra money, we would transfer it over into savings. But then always the next month, that money would have to get transferred back from savings into checking. And I just had this epiphany one day and I said to my husband, we are treating this savings account actually as a checking account. So we need to really decide how much money do we need to save and set aside on purpose? And how much do we have as like a slush fund for, you know, if we have an unexpected emergency and we don't have the money saved already. So we came up with a plan for that. And once we on purpose stopped using that savings account as an additional checking account, we stopped doing that back and forth. We got even tighter on what we needed to have in that checking account at all times and got more clear on what we could actually be saving. And that that was huge. It was huge to just be like, hey, we're using this not how we intended. How do we want to do this going forward? And are we both on board? So that savings account is accumulating money instead of always constantly being drained of money, which is great. Great news, right? So my point in talking to you guys about all of this is really the cost of 
the emotional debt you have when you are constantly thinking about the monetary debt you have and ignoring the the monetary debt you have or deciding not to figure out what to do about your debts, both emotional and financial. So for instance, when I had the thought about that $10,000 on my credit card about like, basically I didn't know how to pay that off. Right. So when I didn't know how to pay it off, I had a lot of anxiety and from that anxiety, I did a lot of nothing. I did a lot of worrying. I would sometimes spend more money to try to feel better and I didn't pay it off. And the result of that was I kept carrying around $10,000 worth of debt all because of my thought about the debt. What is debt really even anyways? And why do we tend to classify it as a negative thing? Every single one of those dollars that I had on that credit card got me to where I was. It was like rented money, right? Like renting an apartment. If you're renting an apartment, you're providing shelter for yourself. You're taking care of your basic needs. And a lot of that debt was me taking care of some need I had at that time to create the life that I wanted to live. And I could choose to live in shame about that, or I could just like tell the truth. Like, yeah, I'm just, I'm renting this money. I made some decisions that maybe I wouldn't make now, but I did make those decisions and they got me to where I'm at today. They provided the life that I have today. And I can either feel bad about it or I can look it in the eye for what it is, figure out what I want to do about it and keep going. The shame is what keeps us stuck or the ignoring, it keeps us stuck. We think we're getting away from the feeling of shame or the anxiety, but we're actually feeling it even more. And we aren't allowing for the space for ourselves to heal from the lies that we've been telling ourselves that are creating the shame so that we can move forward. There's so many things you could choose to think about your debts. You could choose to think of it as rented money. You could choose to think of it as your helper. You could choose to think of it as not a problem. Some people might hear me say I had $10,000 in debt and all this emotional trauma it caused me and think about their $45,000 in debt and just be like, lady, you you have no idea, right? Like what is a lot of debt for me is not a lot of debt for somebody else. And that, when I think about that, like blows my mind. Like think about all these companies that never get into the black. They're always in the red and they're like hundreds and thousands of dollars in the red. It's not $10,000. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's not a problem. Like they're still in business somehow. So I want you to make friends with your money and make friends with your debt or what you think is a negative circumstance that you have in your money story. It doesn't have to be a problem. And it doesn't have to keep you from creating the business that you want or the life that you want. One of the biggest objections I get on a consult call is MFR therapists coming in. They want help with their business, but then we get to the part where I tell them the cost to work with me and they cannot see how paying that money will be a benefit to them in the long term. And that always blows my mind. I was one of those people, right, that wouldn't hire a coach when I needed one because I I was like, why would I spend money like that? It didn't make any sense to me. And my job as the coach on the console is to let you know that part of the transformation to getting the business that you want is being willing to understand 
that you have gotten yourself to where you are and now you are paying to get ahead. You are paying to skip the part where it takes five years to get where you want to go. You are creating what is possible for you at the end of 12 weeks, what is possible for you then for years to come. So you're not just buying 12 coaching sessions and goodbye, get out of the door. You are buying the transformation of your business and what is possible when you do have all of the nuts and bolts of the business built and screwed together, all the floorboards are down and you're building the walls and the roof and all that stuff. But who are you as a person when you have all that stuff together? That's what you're paying for. And once you have had that transformation within your mind and within your business, like nobody can take that away from you and you only build on that for years to come. So you have to be able to kind of see that vision of who am I at the end of this process? That's what I'm paying for. I'm paying for that transformation. Just like when our clients come to us, they're in pain. They have always been in pain and no one's ever been able to help them. Why is this going to be any different for them? And then on top of that, why are they going to pay even more money or pay for something that their insurance might cover, like physical therapy in a traditional office? And they don't really want to pay for cross-hand releases, right? They don't know what any of that means, and it's not of a value to them. What is of value to them is knowing the transformation that you're going to provide for them after and during their sessions. And when they pay for an hour with you, they're actually getting treated for hours and hours and hours beyond that treatment session, right? But if you never say that to them, they're never going to know that. They are going to lead pain-free and active lifestyles. Like they can't even imagine that at that first visit. What does that even mean? What are they missing out on now because of their pain condition that you're going to help them with that's going to increase the quality of their life for the rest of their life, not just in that hour of treatment, but for the rest of their lives. I think sometimes we get stuck on, we're in the session with this person, they've just come in, it's their first session and delivering a huge transformation in one treatment. Nobody ever said it needs to be done in one treatment. So I don't know why we tell ourselves that it does. And we put all this pressure on ourselves. And then we immediately ask them how they're doing after their treatment. And they don't even know how they're doing after their treatment, right? Like, how should they be doing? Is this good? Is this bad? I'm confused. I'm, you know, whatever. Also discombobulated from actually just having the treatment. And they might even feel worse. So it's selling from the beginning with them the transformation of what is possible if they have many sessions with you, not just the one. We focus on that one and that can get us stuck. So This relates back to that whole emotional debt thing, right? If you are constantly worried about your money and your ability to pay for things, you're going to think your clients are also there. If money is hard for you, you're going to believe that money is hard for your clients. And that's not a service to them. It's not a service for you and it's not in service of your clients. So part of what I do is I help you figure out your money story when I work with you because it is so important and it affects a lot of decisions you make in your business. And it's the one thing that most people ignore because of the discomfort of it. I think it's fun when people finally realize that money just is not a problem and that money can be neutral and money can be happy. It doesn't have to be negative. 
It doesn't have to be a problem. Your debt doesn't have to be a problem. And you don't have to be debt-free in your personal life or your business life to hire a coach to have the idea that you want to get better, that you want to get control over some of these things, that you want to be one of those therapists that can make $100,000 in their businesses without being scammy or salesy or have a sales funnel or have to have a major website and be selling online programs. You don't have to have any of that to be able to make that kind of money. All you have to do is have the belief that it's possible and some of the skills at selling myofascial release to your clients so that they understand the benefits and they want to buy it over and over and over again because it's what's best for them, not because they're being talked into something. I want you to consider the model of when clients who are just off the street, they're not therapists, are going in for these intensives in Sedona or in Malvern. Like they are committed to two weeks of treatment, 15 hours a week for thousands and thousands of dollars. And they are completely bought in with little selling on behalf of the therapist at these two locations. So there's something about what they're going to be transformed into that they're understanding from the beginning. And they're all in. You can create that too for your clients at a much smaller level, right? Like I don't know many therapists that are offering two-week intensives just because they're a single therapist, right? But you can offer the same transformation. It's just in a longer period of time. And when you're honest about how long it takes and how many sessions it's going to take and the setbacks that might occur that aren't actually setbacks, they're just a healing crisis, and you're not afraid to talk about any of that, then you are going to move your client closer and closer to their goal line in a supportive, loving, and caring way. And you're also going to be supporting, loving, and caring for yourself at the same time. You're not going to have all that pressure on yourself to do it right in the beginning. So circling back to that emotional debt, really get clear with yourself. Like, what do you think about the debts in your life? What do you think about you as a therapist and your ability to deliver that result to your client? How much can you relate to them in that period of time when you're selling to them and consider their emotional debts and consider yours, you will likely mirror each other. So you need to always be like one step ahead of where they're at with emotional debt training and cleaning up your thoughts and being really aware of where you're coming from so that you can educate your client even better. It's a great skill to have. What I find super amazing is that someone like me who really had a terrible money story that was so ashamed of money, who thought of themselves as someone who wanted money but would never have it for herself, can now be a coach for somebody and coach on money and transform their lives (laughs) from what I went through. And When you have a personal story with myofascial release and you can relate to your client either through the physical pain and transformation that you went through or the physical awareness and emotional awareness you have from going through all of the seminars and getting treated yourself, your client can relate to you even deeper. So use your stories, use your transformation to help your clients. Speak to your client where you were when you were first learning. Be a human, just be real. And they're going to love you for it. And they're going to be even more open to the possibility of what is possible for them if they go all in with myofascial release. 
And if you're a therapist that's on the fence about going all in on myofascial release, because you don't think you can do it, you don't think you can make your business do it, you think your town is too small, or you don't know enough people or people there are too conservative, those are all thoughts in your head. You think it's the truth, but none of that matters. The only thing that matters is that you trust and believe that you can make a difference in these patients' lives. And you actually believe it because you're doing it. And I am doing what I'm doing because I want to see so many people become myofascial release business owners, not myofascial release tool chest holders. I want to see you be that person that finds out they can make $100,000 and it's not a scam. It's just real life. And that's just the starting point. I didn't even know that was possible till I heard other therapists were doing it. Like nobody talks about it. You can make a lot of money. You can help a lot of people if you just put in a little bit of effort with some certain skills. It's everything you need to know to run your myofascial release business. All right. How do you feel about your money story? Think about it. Go back and listen to the other stories about raising your rates without drama. There's another episode on that. There is a money class episode. Go back and listen to those differently. Really understanding that you have a money perception and a lens that you're learning all of that through. You think it's the truth, but your thoughts can easily be changed. How can you think about it differently? What if the reverse of how you're thinking is actually the truth? Just see if there's any room for any of that. All right. I hope you got a lot out of today's episode. It was fun to talk about this with you and I will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining me this week on the MFR Coaches Podcast. Check out my book, The MFR Coaches Guide to Having Your Own Myofascial Release Business. Autographed copies are available at my website, www.themfrcoach.com. Kindle version and print also available on Amazon. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The MFR Coach for more info on today's topic. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. See you next week.